This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning. Welcome to the show. A little later on, we're going to be checking in with Inspector Anthony Hansen, the Fort St. John RCMP Detachment Commander. We'll be talking about uh, the seeming, the perceived rise in crime we've been watching uh, lately in Fort St. John with the problem house in Triangle Park, the uh, uh, alleged scammers who are going door to door, all that good stuff in just a bit. But we're keeping with the theme because... Uh, RCMP have been active in the news, however you want to call it, in Dawson Creek recently. So to talk a bit about that and 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 to get his take on things, we're going to talk to the MLA for Peace River North, Mike Bernier, right now on Moose Talks. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Dub. And I hate to correct you, but it's Peace River South. I don't want to uh, have people confuse me with Dan Davies. <laughs> oh, did I say Peace River North? My mistake. <laughs> You know what? It's not the first time. Dan and I deal with that in Victoria Oops. all the time, too. My apologies. If this was my morning show, I'd play the loser sound effect from Prices Right. But anyway, we're more serious than that on this show. Uh, well, you're, Mike, you're I, not the first and you're not the last. <laughs> uh, well, Mike, I appreciate your time today. I wanted your take course, on this because, of course, you gave an interview to uh, Energetic City uh, earlier this week talking a bit about what you've seen and heard. And, of course, you've been a public servant in Dawson Creek now for it's 20 years, I think, since you were first elected to city council and then mayor and then now MLA for Peace River South. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, tell me a bit about kind of what you've heard and, and kind of what you're seeing uh, in terms of, you know, what the RCMP is telling you with what's going on in Dawson Creek right now. Yeah, I, I mean, if you take it back a couple of years, we've seen uh, progressively it's been it's been getting worse in our community when you see the uh, not only the petty crime, but a lot of the serious crime, the open drug use on our streets, uh, a lot of challenges um, that we're seeing uh, in in that avenue. And there's been a lot of frustration building up. Uh, and I think that has led to what I hope and what I'm seeing is a very um serious, proactive approach, um, I guess somewhat reactive in a way too, uh, approach from our RCMP who have really in the recent uh, couple of weeks really stepped up uh, going after a lot of these repeat prolific offenders, some of these well-known parts of the criminal activity in our region trying to put a stop to it. Uh, People have been frustrated, rightfully so, uh, and I'm just glad to see, you know, I'd like I'd like to know if it's actually an increase in crime or are we just seeing more of it being dealt with uh, by the RCMP? Uh, I think it's a bit more of the latter, to be honest. Uh, It's why we're seeing it on social media, why we're seeing uh, the public talking about uh, a lot of the recent very visual activity. Uh, The RCMP have been doing raids, going after these guys, and and that's a great thing. We want to see that. We want these people off the streets. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this uh, the Citizens on Patrol group has been uh, fairly active in Dawson Creek. And I'm forgetting my timeline. I want to say the last year, it might be a little bit longer than that even. I mean, what have you uh, kind of heard about them and how that's going and their work with the RCMP? Yeah, it's it's starting to uh, come to fruition. Uh, the Citizens on Patrol in Dawson Creek, the South Peace Rural Crime Watch, as well as the, the Citizens on Patrol, have been active for for a long time and 
some of these people have been around decades, but we really did see a slowdown in interest and support on um, the drive arounds that they were doing. But because of uh, the changes we've seen over the last couple of years on our streets, it kind of sparked people to get back involved. We've seen uh, some well-intentioned business people, some city councillors uh, who have stepped up and are volunteering with Citizens on Patrol. Um, Kyle McDonald, uh, one of our local councillors and local business guys, was actually saw it on his Facebook when I looked this morning. They were out patrolling just last night again. Mm-hmm. Uh, work all day and then grab a coffee and try to keep our streets safe. So, you know, it's it's great to see. It's unfortunate we have to do it, uh, but it, it's great to see that those groups are trying to work with the RCMP as well uh, to try to just be extra eyes and ears out there and, uh, you know, try to deter some of this criminal activity. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, comes up in my interview with Inspector Hansen, which we're going to see in a bit here, is uh, social media and sort of the impact it has mm-hmm. on. Again, I think he called it, at least in Fort St. John's sake, a, sort of a perceived rise in crime. Um, I mean, l- let's kind of look back to sort of when you were first elected as a city councillor in Dawson Creek and then served as mayor right around when social media was really just starting up. What what do you mm-hmm. see is the impact that social media is having on you know, again, this sort of perceived rise in crime that may or may not be happening and how people are interacting and able to get out right away how they're feeling about situations or even what they're seeing happening mm-hmm. on the street. Yeah, and and I think what you've touched on is uh, there's good and bad with social media. It's been a huge tool in a lot of ways to try to disseminate information as quickly as possible. Uh, but then, of course, it can start up the rumor mill without facts, and it's hard to sometimes understand where the truth lies in in all of the information that is being shared on social media. But in recent days, if I can go to that, uh, yeah, we've seen a huge change on the use of social media, and now we're starting to see uh, a lot of our um, RCMP detachments uh, using it as well. So case in point was just last week where we had uh, a lockdown basically in downtown Dawson Creek where the RCMP had uh, chased and surrounded an individual and for public safety they were almost able to immediately uh, put out a Twitter and Facebook post saying that stay away we've got it under control but we want the public safe um, and within five ten minutes I was seeing that being shared around on Facebook of course it starts the gossip mill uh, which is part of it uh, but I think the best part is when we can get the facts out and share that information as quickly as possible. Uh, it really helps not only keep our community safe, but helps under- people understand what's really truthfully happening in the work the RCMP are doing. Mm-hmm. I'd say uh, like 99% of the news we hear in terms of crime has to do with like Fort St. John and then Dawson Creek in that order, at least kind of where we mm-hmm. are. Um, but of course you have Chetwind and Tumbler Ridge, uh, you know, two other towns mm-hmm. kind of in your constituency. Uh, same sort of question, Mike. I mean, what are you hearing from, uh, you know, the, the politicians there, your constituents there in terms of, again, uh, you know, crime in general uh, on the rise? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think it's typical of what we see uh, larger centers kind of attract a little bit more of the larger criminal activity. Uh, but small communities like Tumbler Ridge and Chetwin are, are definitely not immune. Uh, there is some uh, some drug activity that takes place in those communities. Uh, I've been watching and hearing about still some of the break and enders or crime that takes place. Thankfully, knock on wood, uh, to my knowledge, there's been nothing 
really serious in those smaller communities, but it it is bringing concern because you know things move along and move into these other communities at some point. Uh, South Peace uh, Crime Watch uh, through our Citizens on Patrol is looking at starting up a chapter. Actually, I think it's next week. I'll be part of a meeting today uh, for Chatwin because mm. they want to get the community more involved and active. And they're going to work under the umbrella of the Dawson Creek Citizens on Patrol uh, because the same thing. They want to have uh, good um, law-abiding people in our communities that want to be proactive and keep their communities safe. Uh, and again, it's unfortunate when we get to that, but it's great to see people stepping up and trying to assist. And so uh, looking forward to seeing how that progresses in uh, in Chatwin as well. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you mention a you know another citizens on patrol. I know there's a group that's uh, started up in Fort St. John that's similar uh, recently as well. And I guess this is more of a philosophical question for you, Mike, but do you think it's good that there are groups like Citizen on Patrol forming just in general, even if in, you know, in the immediate sense, it's sort of a reaction to what we're seeing in terms of crime in our community? Do you think it's good that regular yeah. citizens are helping to essentially help police our communities and not just letting the RCMP kind of deal with everything? You know, I, I think the more eyes, the better. Uh, so we have a couple of different uh, elements here. We have the, the formal citizens uh, on patrol that work directly with the RCMP uh, who have that conduit. But we've also seen in Dawson Creek and I believe Fort St. John down here, they call themselves the Citizens Take Action Group, which yeah. is a lot of local uh, concerned citizens and business people who are independently uh, out of that uh, out there. They hold their own meetings. There are more eyes and ears on the ground, and they've been trying to advocate and be out there uh, basically, I guess for lack of better words, promoting that, you know, this criminal activity is not welcome and Mm -hmm. we're going to do everything we can. And I've talked to these groups in a perfect world. They wouldn't be needed uh, because the RCMP would be able to handle everything because the criminal element would be small enough. But we need to remember uh, our, our detachments can only do so much. Uh, When you look at some shifts that might only have three or four people on, uh, on a on an eight ten hour twelve hour shift, uh, you know the we that's why I'm always out there reminding people if you see something phone nine one one phone the RCMP. We need to have that information and data because you never know what that will do to help in the future. Because the problem is people are frustrated. RCMP are trying to do their job, but our criminal justice system is breaking down, and these people are just being released right away. And I think that's what's creating a lot of the angst and frustration with these, uh, you know, law-abiding citizens. They're saying that they just want this to end. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, uh, we'll have to leave it there for now. But I really appreciate you, you taking some time to give uh, give me your take on this. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, absolutely, my pleasure. And uh, we'll talk again. I'm sure soon. Absolutely. That's the South Peace MLA, Mike Bernier, joining us from uh, his office in Dawson Creek. We'll be right back to talk to Inspector Anthony Hansen with the Fort St. John RCMP detachment right after this on Moose Talks. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. We're talking about crime on today's show because there's been a lot of uh, RCMP releases about things happening. News stories, of course, at energeticcity.ca and a lot of talk about it on social media so we thought we'd talk to the person in charge of the local rcmp detachment about the situation and whether we're seeing an actual rise in crime or only really a perceived one so i sat down yesterday with inspector anthony hansen of the local rcmp here in fort st john here's that conversation 
Inspector Hansen, welcome back to Moose Talks. Thank you very much for having me. So tell me a bit today about this seemingly busier year than normal you guys have had. I mean, it seems like we've had businesses being broken into downtown. Um, of course, that problem house in Triangle Park uh, and then the kind of the gun crime that's been around that. There was a robbery at Winks late afternoon last week. I mean, it just seems like a lot is happening recently. In general, what's your sense? Is is are, Do you agree with that sentiment or is it just kind of, you know, perception? Does it feel like it is more, but it's not actually? Uh, the latter. It feels like it's more, but not actually. So um, it's important to remember that, you know, for two and a half years during COVID, uh, with, you know, the different um, measures that were taken and whatnot and the and the very large slowdown in the industry, in the energy industry, um, our file count, our reported calls for service dropped by 20% uh, from previous. So in 2019, we responded to just over 13,000 calls for service. And at the end of 2022, we had responded to just uh, 11,006 calls mm -hmm. for service. So 2,000 calls less, right? And that was across all our, we call them crime types, like yeah. across all the different uh, types of events that we are called to or investigate. Um, well, and a lot of that happened because, you know, the population decreased for that period of time and whatnot, right? Uh, now, what's occurred over the last year is we're returning to more historical norms. So again, 2019, over 13,000 files. In 2015, Fort St. John RCMP responded to uh, 15,500 and some calls for service. Wow. So we are not as busy as we've been in the past. However, and this is simply my opinion, uh, you know, people's perceptions, I think, have been changed perhaps forever by, you know, the pandemic, by what we've dealt with. Um, you know, social media, again, uh -huh. has really changed the public discourse. Now people have access to all sorts of media in real time. Um, you know, a lot of it is not necessarily verified media uh, and people are able to put their own opinion or their own uh, thoughts directly into the public sphere, which is great. However, um, it's not always factual, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so I can tell you that in terms of the statistics of, of the crimes that we're dealing with now, we are well within the historical norms for Fort St. John, mm -hmm. um, you know. Okay. Now, you mentioned kind of different, uh, I think you said crime types or areas or whatever. From what you could tell, is it kind of similar even in sort of if you break it down, like, say, gun crimes or robbery or like, however you kind of do it? Are you still seeing the same sort of historical levels or does it seem like there's more gun things happening because there is? Uh, no, there yeah. are not more gun things happening. <laughs> um, you know, Canada, thankfully, very safe country. Uh, fairly still stringent, you know, gun laws. So gun crime definitely attracts attention, say, far more than in the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like the robbery the other day was not committed with a firearm. Yeah. Right? Uh, most of our robberies are not committed with firearms. Uh, are we seeing a change in the gun crime? We are in the sense that we're seeing more 3D printed guns, right? Oh, okay. So guns that are, or at least pieces of the gun that are manufactured privately mm -hmm. and then fitted to a receiver or whatnot. So we're... We've done several firearm trafficking files in the last few years around that type of uh, file. 
Um, but in terms of guns being used for crime in Fort St. John, no, we're again within the historical uh, norms for Fort St. John. And in fact, you know, 2022, uh, Fort St. John's crime severity index, I believe, was about 173, 174. And, you know, Dawson Creek's was 203, mm. right? So, uh, despite the fact that Dawson Creek is half our size. Yeah. So, you know, Fort St. John is receiving uh, good policing, good quality policing service. Um, you know, we target the prolific offenders. Have some things changed, sir? We know we're now sort of managing our way through the decriminalization process that the government has undertaken, which yeah. has changed greatly. Uh, many of the tools that police had to enforce uh, drug crimes, um, it's quite frankly taken away uh, some of the techniques that we used to use because now people are um, legally able over the age of 18 to carry up to 2.5 grams of hard drugs. Mm -hmm. So that's changed the techniques we had in terms of drug investigations or looking even uh, certain techniques we used to move into uh, like trafficking investigations from the street level. Yeah. So we are working with the, the federal prosecutors who do drug crime to try to you know adapt to that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, the police don't make policy. We serve at the behest of the democratically elected uh, politicians. And so this is what the province wants. So we are adapting to it but it is a change mm -hmm. and it does affect um, drugs in the community. That's yeah. a fact, you know? Um, so we've pivoted some of our resources elsewhere uh, to deal with that. However, dr the drug trade is still very much present and the drug trade is what drives a lot of violence in any community, mm -hmm. right? It's a mm -hmm. lawless trade. Uh, it's about the, the dominance of the strongest and, uh, and firearms are always involved. Yeah. Now I, I don't want to mention this specific incident where <clears throat> A few weeks ago, it was Diwali, and I guess some fireworks were set off kind of in celebration of that, which is a Diwali tradition. And a lot of people, again, on social media thought, oh, shots fired, it's happening near here. And I mean, very quickly, it came out that, no, no, it was, this is what it actually was, was just fireworks. Yeah. Did that surprise you that so many people no. were suddenly calling about that being... This might be gun. No, and that's always happened. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, a police officer for 23 years and that was occurring 23 years ago, you know, mm -hmm. and that's fine, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's very difficult to discern the difference between fireworks and different calibers of firearms. And most people really have no concept of what a, a firearm sounds like when it's fired, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, uh, many people do, but many people don't. Mm -hmm. And it, when, especially when it goes off in the evening, you know, it concerns people and that's fine. And we investigate, you know, that we had a report of a shots fired uh, earlier this week in a neighborhood. And we flooded the area and we've done extensive neighbor canvas and video canvas and haven't been able to confirm that it, if it actually was a shots fired. Mm. Right. Um, you know, but we've done our due diligence on it. Right? Yeah. Um, I, I, one more thing on kind of sort of gun related uh, crime. Um, the problem house in Triangle Park, again, social media, people talking about why can't we deal with this? What's the out this sort of thing? I wanted to give you a chance to sort of break down why this seems like such a problem, why it's so difficult to deal with. You can't just go in there and arrest everybody and boom, problem solved, right? It, it seems like a situation that's been, at least people claim, has kind of been ongoing for years. So can you talk a bit about why that situation has been so difficult to deal with and why maybe, you know, kind of the situation at least from a policing standpoint why you can't just solve the problem like that yeah certainly so uh, you know in canada we live in a democratic society with a mm -hmm. constitution and a charter of rights and the charter of rights applies to every citizen yeah 
including the criminals, including people who are involved in illegal activities, right? We all have the same rights, and that's a good thing, right? I personally wouldn't want to live in a society where some people had rights and others don't, and there's plenty of those around the world. So there's really several factors involved when you're dealing with locations where crime may be occurring, right? Um, one is dealing with the crime that's occurring at the loca location, and that's where the police are obviously heavily involved and, you know, conducting investigations, potentially writing search warrants. I mean, we've done several search warrants at that location mm -hmm. for different things. And then dealing with whatever crime we're investigating, you know, be it stolen property, be it violence, right, be it guns, right, and dealing with the, the mechanics of that. That is separate from the actual dwelling house or apartment or warehouse or location, right? Uh, that requires different tools, you know, potentially to deal with. And again, the person who owns the property and oftentimes, I mean, I'm not going to speak about this in event, but sure, sure. Often I've dealt with files in the past where the landlord or the owner wasn't even aware what was going on potentially. Right. Um, and so, and again, one of the cornerstones of our society is the right to own property. So taking property from someone is a very high bar. Uh, it involves often both the criminal justice system and the civil, justice, civil court system to do it, and it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to have a fair amount of evidence. Now, British Columbia, about 10 years ago, uh, brought in the Civil Forfeiture Act, uh, which has made it easier to do that, but there's still a bar that has to be met yeah. um, in terms of that. Um, and then the city has also brought in a bylaw for nuisance properties, which has a, a fairly good track record. Uh, we've, it's been utilized to deal with some other properties that were causing the public safety concerns quite successfully. Mm -hmm. So I mean, in a nutshell, that's what we're talking about, right? Is dealing with not only what's occurring at whatever given location, but also the location, right? And they're two separate things that are interconnected and they require the work of several different agencies, not simply the police. Uh, in order to reach a closure, and it will take years. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got one final thing I wanted to uh, get your kind of take on, um, and it's the, again, the perceived scam that was going on with um, uh, you know Red Cross and UNICEF uh, uh, canvassers who were in the neighborhood. Some people, again, on social media, uh, claiming they're asking for money. They didn't think they were really there. What's going on? Um, again, RCMP very quickly came out and said, well, no, we know they were supposed to be there. They told us they were going to be there. As far as we know, this is not a scam. Um, first of all, have you heard more on that? If there was maybe people out who were also scam trying to scam people while doing that? Like, what, what, what's kind of come of that investigation? Well, it's not an investigation. Yeah. So we're notified by legitimate enterprises before they begin to canvas. They mm -hmm. usually have ID yeah. with them. Often they wear vests now. Like these organizations are very much aware, right, that there are you know many scams that are played, um, and they were they also realize that people are more suspicious than they ha than they used to be, and that's rightfully so. Mm -hmm. And they also realize that again, social media. Um, feeds just as much rumor and innuendo as it does legitimate information, right? So, no, those were legitimate people, to our knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, and we have no information that there was an alternative set of individuals attempting to scam people. I see. Okay. And when you when you hear about this, like, was it a call you got from somebody that's that uh, there's a scam out there, or was did you did you notice on social media that this was happening and said, we let's let's make sure that everything's kind of good here no we received calls from yeah. the public yeah we don't actively monitor social media oh, like okay. we don't have the capacity for yeah, that yeah. um so and i know 
some people might find that strange, but you know, I, I'm not going to take a, an employee and have them spend all day monitoring social media. If we have a yeah. reason to monitor it, we have that ability, mm-hmm. but we don't spend all day doing it. So no, it was a call from the public, but we had already been notified by the agencies several days before, mm-hmm. right? And usually the municipality is notified as well. Okay. Well, uh, Inspector Hansen, I, uh, Tony, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about uh, all these things going on. Thank you for your time today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Again, that was Inspector Anthony Hansen, the RCMP Detachment Commander here in Fort St. John, joining me yesterday in studio. Our thanks to our guest, Mike Bernier and Inspector Anthony Hansen, for joining us today. If you'd like to hear this episode again, or if you'd like to hear an old, excellent episode of Moose Talks, make sure you check out the EnergeticCity.ca podcast page. You'll find past episodes of this show there, along with all episodes of Secrets of the North, Before the Peace, and Voices of the Peace there, archived for your listening pleasure. Take some time to listen to some excellent locally produced podcasts today at energeticcity.ca slash podcasts. Well, that's our show. Jordan Prentice and Trey Lopashinsky are the producers of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.